Hi, everybody. This is Chris Nealon, the CEO of Cult Collective and the co-founder of the Gathering of Cult Brands. Uh, excited today to introduce you to Ellie Doty. Ellie is the uh, marketing bigwig over at Brinker International. Brinker is best known for Chili's Bar and Grill and Maggiano's, two beloved sort of American chain restaurants. And what I love so much about Ellie is, as I've gotten to know her over the past couple of years, is she's been on a journey sort of migrating from more traditional advertising and marketing communications to embracing uh, audience engagement and cult brand principles and really using her budget, her resources, her clout, her credentials and the C-suite there at Brinker to get the organization to think differently about HR issues, about products and services, about uh, customer segmentation and and really becoming a very sophisticated marketing organization. So I'm sure she's going to have a lot of great things to share with us. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I really need an old-timer with cheese right about now. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. Welcome to another installment of our Cult Brand series of podcasts. Uh, Joel and I are working closely with the gathering of cult brands, you know, the best branding and marketing event in the world. The cult. Uh, to bring discussions around how companies become or remain cult brands. And today is a Joel Cheeseman interview for the ages. That's right. We're going to be talking about meal kits from Taco Bell, right? <laughs> today we have Ellie Doty on. And, and Ellie, I, I, you've, got, you've got to allow me to do this kind of like this bottom-up LinkedIn kind of intro to you. So Ellie was brand and fielding marketing manager at Long John Silvers. She was a senior brand manager at Taco Bell, CMO for Kentucky Fried Chicken Canada, director of marketing at KFC, big KFC, VP of marketing and culinary at Chili's. And today she is the SVP head of marketing at Chili's. Yes. We're not worthy. Jeez. We're not worthy. So, We're so, not worthy. So, Ellie, what what did we miss here? This is this is pretty amazing. We're going to get into this, but but what did we miss? No, you got it. You nailed the high point. So, yeah, I've been at Chili's for about two years now and head up the marketing function over here. Um, probably the biggest part you missed is one of my favorite times, which was with KFC Global out oh, of. Yeah. Uh, Plano, Texas, and uh, just an amazing experience working on KFC Global. It's a, lot, a huge business outside of the U.S., so that was a really fun chapter. I used to be employed by KFC. A little known really? fact. Really? What did you do me. for KFC? Chicken guy. I, I made chicken. I made chicken littles back oh, in the eighties. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so be, before we get into Chili's brand journey, I've got one question. Okay, so your last job was VP Marketing and Culin Culinary. What in the hell, marketing and culinary, I want to know how those two fit together. Well, the better question, how do they not fit together? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> so what an exciting job that was for me though. I had never run a culinary function before. Um, but um, actually at that time, a new executive chef for Chili started the same day I did in marketing um, on my team. And um, so we came in at a, a real turnaround time for Chili's, um, having faced several years worth of traffic declines, uh, we faced sort of a menu revolution that needed to happen. And uh, so that's why marketing and culinary were together. I needed to take another look sort of from the chips and salsa and ranch all the way to the molten cakes and see, is this the right menu for chilies to have? And are we living up to, you know, our founding promises around pretty, it's a pretty simple menu. It's burgers and tacos and fajitas and margaritas and throw in some ribs. And uh, so that was one of the reasons those were together at that time. What should this menu be? Hey, don't, don't play down, don't downplay ribs and chicken <laughs> fingers. Okay. Let's not do yeah. that. Um, one of the themes that we get uh, when we, in this series has been companies finding their why, you know, why do you exist? I'm wondering if you had a similar journey and, and what did you sort of land on in terms of what is the why of Chili's and other restaurants you've worked for? Yeah, we definitely did. Um, at Chili's, when I started, I learned that there's sort of a saying that um, we love each other and we like our guests. So <laughs> Chili's has been really into, we're really into ourselves. In fact, team members at Chili's are called Chili Heads for their devotion to the brand and the fun we have. Um, in the restaurants at the RSC, um, we love each other like family, and so it was. It was definitely something that um, it's kind of the reverse problem a lot of brands see, where they lack the soul and the heartbeat of meaning mm -hmm. behind why they exist uh, and have to create that from the inside out. And so for Chili's, on the flip side, when I started, the first task was tap into what already exists and bring the guests to that party. So um, we did a lot of that work last year, and we're starting to see some of that show up in um, some of our marketing channels. We got very focused on our menu, uh, eliminated a lot of the extra thing. In fact, we cut 40% of our menu items um, in the first year that I was um, part of the Chili's brand. So we had a really strong why around, uh, around boldness and togetherness. We shorthanded Boulder together. And um, so we're now living that, have been working on living that for the last few months. And so, as you said, we're on the journey. We're on the journey to bring it to the guest. So does Chili's see itself as a cult brand now? Or are you on that journey? Or, or does the journey stop? Or is it never completed? I think the journey never stops. Um, and Chili's used to be a cult brand, I would say. It's founding principles on Greenville Avenue, the short handwritten menu, just some guys who put stuff on the menu they thought were mm -hmm. cool. Like, what's a fajita? I don't know. They put a pronunciation <laughs> guide on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> and so things like that are how Chili's was founded. But I think over the course of, you know, becoming going into 32 different countries and 1500 restaurants and being part of a giant, becoming a giant can sometimes take away some of those um, cult founding principles. Uh -huh. So now we have the task of how do you be mass and cult at the same time? Well, cutting 40% of the menu, I think is genius because I know going into Chili's before it took me so long to actually find something. And then when the, when the menu was actually cut down, it was like, okay, now I know exactly Exactly what I want. It was so much quicker. And for guys like Joel, who who actually pronounced it Fajita, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's low. 
Low blow. Yeah. Get, just don't get rid of the buffalo chicken sandwich anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. That thing is delicious. <laughs> yes, it is. So you have what you call an MVP, your mission, vision, and passion. And, and we saw that not just on the actual website, but on the employment area of the website. So when you start to take a look at your mission, your vision, and your passion, that obviously starts with the employees. How do you get that ingrained into your employees? How do you, how does that start? Because that's got to be the hardest part. Yeah, the first place is actually we have um, Chili's wide, brand wide cultural beliefs. Uh, there are four of them. We have four key cultural beliefs, mm-hmm. and that's really where it starts. Um, if we have these shared beliefs that we all buy into, and um, we sort of support those beliefs on a daily basis through storytelling, recognition, live experiences we create. So like, I'm sure you guys have heard lots of times, many, many companies have recognition cards. Well, ours have our cultural beliefs at the top of the card and you recognize somebody for living that cultural belief. So um, that's sort of where it starts from the inside out. And then all of those cultural beliefs are backed up in every single restaurant. So that's what you get recognized for in restaurant. That's what the recognition boards in the back of the restaurant say. Um, So really... I think it starts from those foundational beliefs. One of the topics that we cover on the show quite a bit uh, that covers sort of both employment and just branding in general is is the di- diversity and inclusion, um, recruiting both people of diverse backgrounds, but also having customers as such. Do you find that you, you've you sort of meshed those two together in terms of your advertising or your, or your social media to make sure that not only are you tracking a diverse customer, but also potentially diverse candidates to apply for jobs and work for Chili's? Yes, for sure. It's incredibly important to Chili's. In fact, we believe um, inclusion is one of our top values, Uh, inclusiveness in our workforce, inclusiveness in our dining rooms. And um, so that's a a journey that we're always on. Um, One that we're working on right now is just sort of one of the foundational reasons people love to come to Chili's is because in their words, they say it's a come as you are kind of place. Mm -hmm. So whoever you're with, whatever you were doing right before, however your kids act, you're welcome at Chili's. Kick back, let your hair down, have a good time. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why I wear sweatpants every time I go to Chili's. You're welcome to. That's why why I eat in the bar so I don't have to hear your kids yelling. (laughs) 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 All right. Back to the MVP real quick. So mission is awesome. Delivering burgers, Rita's, Fajitas. (laughs) That's for Joel. (laughs) And uh, and Rita's like no place else. Uh, The vision is. Chili's love by 2020. What is Chili's love exactly? Chili's love is a, well, it started as a hashtag on Twitter. Uh And it is one that we started really in our um, people channel. So like our team members or uh, people who are Chili heads really start saying hashtag Chili's love to whatever they tweet about what we're doing. And um, interestingly, saw it really catch on we didn't really put marketing efforts behind it. We didn't try to make it into a thing, but our guests started to latch onto this. And so then they would tag themselves with hashtag Chili's love. And so we said, you know, we need to make this true. We need to make it go beyond a hashtag. And just the people are wanting this from us. Our guests are rooting for us and they want us to show up in a hashtag Chili's love kind of way. So um, we set that as our vision. Well, we really want that instead of our vision being something like, you know, a sales revenue goal or a number of restaurants we built goal. What if it was a love goal? So that started grassroots from your employees and then it actually stemmed out 
to the guests. Yes. It's one of those fun things where you tap into something people will really sort of inadvertently, but that they want you to do. And so now we make a pretty significant effort not to start too many new <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> well, that, that actually ties into your passion, making people feel special. Yes. Right. And, and obviously people who are feeling special are going to use a hashtag. They wouldn't be using hashtag any other, any other way, right? Right, right. Hopefully not, but I guess they could. <laughs> We're hoping they do, though. If you're feeling Chili's love, you're feeling special. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. Building a brand isn't easy, which is why you need people like Tom Kenny, CEO of Smashfly, on your side. Tom, there are a lot of companies out there that are small. What do you tell those companies that say, we're too small to worry about having a cult brand from an employment perspective? I'd say, do you know how many people WhatsApp had when they got acquired by Facebook? 13. Now, if that's not a small company, they got a billion dollar valuation and a billion dollar acquisition. They know how important it is to have that cult brand mentality. You know, nobody really understood just how few employees there were with WhatsApp, but look at the following that they had, look at what they created. And they did it mostly because they had really great people. They didn't need a ton of great people. They just needed a really good core team. So when WhatsApp and 13 people is thinking about, well, you know what? I need one more engineer. That cult brand of WhatsApp is like that one engineer, They one engineering position, they probably got 10,000 applicants just for that one engineering position. If you think you're too small, then you're probably too small to really get big anyway, because you're thinking small. If you think big and you think about what do I need to do to create that critical mass that I need in the market to be able to have a really, really great product or service. And if I'm creating that cult brand for me, just think of what that's going to do for my recruiting. To find out more, go to smashfly.com. I feel the Chili's love every time I'm there. So you guys have embraced technology for quite a while now. I know that you guys are one of the first sort of national chains to embrace uh, the kiosk at the table, you know, ordering from this kiosk, giving your kids games to play while you're waiting for your extra chips and salsa uh, refresh to be brought to you. Um, how does technology play into the brand as a whole, uh, maybe from an employment perspective, social media, uh, you guys have really embraced technology early on. And, and how do you uh, look to use that now? And maybe what platforms are you seeing for the future as being um, uh, really hot <laughs> TikTok um, in the future of your marketing <laughs> strategy? Yeah, yeah. So tech and tech innovation are a, a key priority of ours. So it's if you named off three or four things that are really important at Chili's, um, that's definitely hits that short list. And as you said, we did get out ahead of the curve. Some of the things that I would mention that you didn't are around um, in, in terms of marketing are around, we've really made some pretty significant shifts away from mass marketing and mass channels and into much more personalized um, ways to interact with our brand as an example. Um, we've pretty dramatically increased our commitment to um, CRM and loyalty programs. Ours is called My Chili's Rewards. And every every time you use it or identify, you get free chips and salsa or a free NABEV. So it's super simple. Moved away from any kind of complicated point systems and made sure that our guests
us felt special every time they let us know that they were there. We've also we also pay a lot of attention to our online ordering, our our, our Olo sort of a platform, so that it's as frictionless as it can possibly be. So we're pretty proud of our um, app development and web ordering development. In fact, sixty percent of our orders come through those channels now, which is great. That's where we want them to be, and our guests have amazing experiences there. We get rave reviews on it, so we stay out ahead of that. In fact, we've just launched that sort of favorites option, so that if you've ordered from us before, you can click it and all your favorites with your preferences go into your basket and that's all it takes. One of the beautiful things about Chili's is that you can customize everything, get it just exactly the way you want it, but that also means it can take a little while to order it if you want to customize it every time. So now we can remember it for you. No worries. You get your same order. Will I be able to say, hey, Alexa, bring me Chili's tonight and it'll bring me my <laughs> my favorite from Chili's. Is that coming soon? I'm sure someday <laughs> that will be true. Um, that's not something that's happening right now, but um, I'm voice ordering all. It's going happen. Fingers crossed. Joel wants to walk into a Chili's, have his face recognized, and by the time he walks over to the table, he has his meal ordered. Yes. That's what Joel, Joel wants. just wants Chili's to move in with me <laughs> so I don't have to leave the house ever. Okay, so back back to the tech. Um, when that first came out, yeah, it was great for the kids to play games. It was great for like the the actual customer, I, I think. What about for the employees? What about for the individual who's waiting, uh, you know, serving on, on the table? Is that something that they embraced or was did it take a little time for them to to really kind of gel with uh, with the technology on the table no for the most part it's embraced it's got a number of benefits for the servers and I think one of the biggest benefits to mention is we get real-time feedback from the guests on how their experience was so that makes it a lot easier to make them feel special in a really detailed way so if you don't have that technology um you know, the way we were before and a way I know some of our competitors are is you you have to count on people to contact you um, either through a phone call or otherwise on their receipt. And in that way, you just really don't get enough um, or detailed enough information. So it, we value a lot the amount of info we get about the experience that people had. And we are able to improve and train our servers on the basis of that feedback. So for example, if we have a lot of guests with a problem for a certain shift at a certain time, we're able to coach against what, what might have been going on, what was causing those problems and really improve that shift to shift to shift. The other thing it does that's really cool is you can pay right at the table. And so that's a great benefit for the guest and for the server because the server spends a lot of time walking those checks back and forth. I bet. Um, and they don't have to do that. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, a quick question for Chris Nealon about the gathering of cult brands. Chris, why is the gathering of cult brands so important? Well, because these are stories that I don't think are being told. If you look at just sort of the marketing and advertising space, much less the traditional HR or employee engagement space, we're just not telling the right kinds of stories. We don't have the right kinds of role models. You know, the the, the Academy Awards from the marketing industry is probably the cons uh, festival. And that's just this celebration of creativity. It's not tethered to business performance. It's not tethered to audience engagement. It's just tethered to who had a good fun idea and we see that as rampant in the marketing industry and so what we wanted to do was to find a platform where brands who are doing the right things for the right reasons and you know what they may not even be advertisers costco Keels, the Lululemon, brands like this don't ever go to those other kinds of shows because they're not telling creative paid media campaigns and they're not doing Super Bowl commercials. So this is their home and the chance for them to get the recognition they deserve. Register now at cultgathering.com. 
You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Restaurants have a unique a unique situation where most of the people that interview there, a customer there as well. So how much direct sort of contact or, or activity do you do you have with the recruiting process to make sure that when someone interviews at Chili's, they don't have a bad experience and say, I'm never going back to Chili's. And I'm going to tell my friends that I had a bad interview at Chili's. Uh, for example, do you give you know coupons for anyone who interviews saying thank you for your time? please come back and enjoy a free app on us or something like that? You know, I don't know the answer to that specific question about if we give anybody anything for interviewing. However, I will say that how we have a whole program, it's called Hire, Train, Retain, and it's a 360 program around our sort of branded um, interview process, hiring process, and retaining process. And so it all kind of works together in terms of the value proposition we're bringing to our employees. We happen to work in a category where, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have at one point or another worked there. So how the chili heads or former chili heads or possible chili heads feel about the brand is big. It's a sizable group of people. So we not only want to make the guests feel special, but we do want to make all of our chili heads feel special too. And it's it's a strength of ours. Um, we definitely um, pay a lot of attention to ensuring their experiences are great. Uh, one recent head, piece of headway we made there was around the first week training. We got a lot more um, prescriptive prescriptive about what happens in the first week for somebody being hired, because that's when they are at the highest risk of having a bad experience at a Chili's. If you just imagine you start on a Friday night and you get thrown into dish, you don't know what you're doing. You're not sure who these people are. You're not going to get any tips that night. It's not a great first off experience, but sometimes that's what happens because it's Friday night and it's busy. So we just take a really much more thoughtful approach to how you start off on your first day, first week. So do you have a a team that manages that process? Because I would assume, I mean, how many franchises do you have out there? Uh, We're by and large a company owned. So we own most of our restaurants. Um, We have, it's about 25% franchise owned. Okay. And that's held by three big owners. Gotcha. So I think here in Columbus, Indiana, where I live is actually a, a franchise. I could be wrong. Do you have somebody that actually manages those uh, those franchises to ensure that they have the same brand standards? Um, because I would assume that'd be a little bit harder to manage the brand and the experience and obviously the chili heads and, and everything like that to be able to, to seem like one family. It is. It is. Of course, across the thousand restaurants that um, that we own, that Chili's runs and operates, it's we are able to, you know, sort of make sure that we are living up to those standards in all thousand of those restaurants. But in our franchise restaurants, we do have coaching and support teams to help ensure they 
are aware of, know how to use all the programs, are deploying them where they can. We make custom versions of them if they need them based on what their business dynamics are. Employee reviews are something that we talk about on the show uh, quite a bit. I know in your line of work, Yelp reviews, Google reviews, anything that people, anyone that anyone's uh, anywhere, people are spouting off about the company uh, as a customer, good or bad, is something that I'm sure you keep, you know, your thumb on to make sure that, that people are having good experience and that you're engaging with those folks. Do you pay much attention to the employer side of reviews? And I think that, you know, we're seeing a little bit of the two bleeding together with, you know, social media and, and particularly video in the form of, of Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, where employees even are going on and talking about the secrets of the company, what it's like to work there, why you would or wouldn't want to work there. Is that something that you guys are conscious of? And if so, how are you sort of managing and monitoring that? It is something we're conscious of. I, I will say we don't spend a, a, a lot of our energies around the employee reviews just because we're pr- pretty focused on the guest and we have our own internal channels to hear from our employees. So usually we hear the bulk of what we need to from our employees through those channels. And so it's not a main source of information on public channels. We also mm-hmm. do have, um, you know, some, we, we, we love for our teams to post about their Chili's experiences. Um, however, if they're having a challenge, um, you know, we do have challenge, we have channels for them to reach out to us directly to address what might be going on. And so we do have some social media policies around how we, how we engage on the Chili's brand, whether we work for the brand or we're posting on behalf of the brand. So what kind of advice would you give a company looking to start this cult brand journey? I mean, it's, it's, it's ominous as it is to be able to take a look at a, 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 even a, a small organization, but a big organization and say, okay, how in the heck do I eat this elephant? What bite should they take first? I think it all starts with knowing who you are. At Chili's, that's been one of the challenges over the course of the last, say, decade or so. Um, who are we? And where did we start? Where, why, And how is that relevant today? And I, it may sound super obvious to say, who are we in that way? But, you know, I have had some super smart people to say, if a brand is losing its way, uh, look back to look forward, I believe. That was a Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I think that came from Coke. So it's a good one. It's a good source. <laughs> and uh, so that's what we did at Chili's is look back to look forward. And I think sometimes, you know, when I was coming on board at Chili's and learning about our past efforts, um, especially with a 45-year-old brand, there's hardly anything that hasn't been tried before. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not about a new idea. It's about new days, new people, a new way of looking at it. And yeah. um, in this case, there had been a number of different, oh, we're going to find our brand. We're going to know who we are. And it was by being that thing over there, we're going to go become something else. And unfortunately, just as with human beings, you're never going to be a world-class version of something else. You're only going to be a world-class version of who you are. And so who you are as a brand, um, even if there's some aspects of it that seem like, well, that's not really relevant today, it's a huge mistake to go undo your greatest strengths to try to address your greatest weakness. Um, that's one from KFC. Um, you know, the biggest criticism of KFC is that all, everything is fried. <laughs> Well, yeah, hell yeah, everything's fried at KFC. You say that like it's, it's a <laughs> say bad thing. Say that like it's a bad thing. No, if you undo everything <laughs> is fried, you undo one of the greatest strengths. So I think this effort that we're making right now at Chili's is really about uncovering and living the real truth of the brand, first and foremost. The gig economy is real. Um, we talk about it a lot on the show. 
uh, one of the latest numbers was uh, by 2021 or two or three, maybe uh, 40 million Americans will be sort of employed by the gig economy. Right. And I know that you guys embrace things like DoorDash and Uber Eats and and basically contracting out the, the, the delivery of your food. And inevitably, more and more of your employees will be contract or gig workers. Do you think about that? How do you, how, what is our strategy around protecting the brand and the brand experience uh, in using gig or contract workers to come in? Or is it something that you think uh, Chili's will stay away from in the future? Uh, no, you know, we, we're actually having at the at the moment a great experience with DoorDash. So a little over a month ago, we entered into an exclusive arrangement with DoorDash. So um, we're only with them now. And we have learned and our, our restaurants have learned that you want to be a brand of choice mm-hmm. uh, for dashers. Uh, so it's sort of there's a in that gig economy, there's all kinds of clients um, at play. And so we actually strive hard to help our restaurants learn how to be a great client to a dasher and how dashers are parts of our teams in a lot of ways. So we seek to make them feel special, too. And uh, in that in that way, you sort of have this influence over the brand experience that's created by the dasher. And I also think, you know, a couple years ago, there were all these conversations at restaurant chains about what happens with the food between the time it leaves the restaurant to the time it gets to the guest. And you want to be able to control what that experience is like. But today, our guests are so accustomed to, in this situation, their food being, they get it. They know what a dasher is. They know that they've carried the food from the restaurant. So they understand um, the dynamics at play here. And so we have less concern over, not less concern over the quality of our food, but we have, we feel confident that we can share that that we can make ourselves a great partnership with our dashers so that we can all be part of a great guest experience at the end, even if we're partnered together to get it done. So you could see a day where a restaurant would partner exclusively for workers to come in and work so that they know that the brand is is safe and that there's a relationship there as opposed to multiple services delivering contract workers. Yeah, it could be. I mean, a lot of our workers participate in the gig economy, too. They work at Chili's. They drive an Uber. Maybe they're a dasher. Um, Many of our guests also participate in the gig economy. Um, Uh We have a target, our tribe, we call it, our target guests of, of families. And we know that almost all of them have some kind of side gig of one kind or another. Nobody's just doing one single thing anymore. And so knowing it's our guests, it's our team members, it's the people we partner with, um, everybody's part of this gig economy today. Just another reason why you want and need to be a cult brand, right? Yeah, it's exactly right. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for taking the time today. Again, Ellie Doty, head of marketing at Chili's, uh, talking more about the journey to becoming a cult brand and back to being a cult brand. We appreciate it. Uh, We had a great time. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks. Bless you for the work you do every day, Ellie. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, you bet. (laughs) Go get some crispers. (laughs) Yeah. We out. We out. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. How much do you understand the future of finance? 
I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.